Welcome to The Female Leads. I'm Ava Hartling, founder and host of this podcast. On The Female Leads, I speak to inspiring women leaders about their journey to unlocking their own potential. Canadian author Margaret Atwood said it best, we still think of powerful men as born leaders and powerful women as an anomaly. I want to help change that perception. This is why my guests here every week are powerful women from different backgrounds, different walks of life and industries. They are businesswomen, artists, media personalities, and more. If you enjoyed today's episode, please show me your love by subscribing to this podcast and giving me a five-star rating, ideally, and that can be done on the podcast app of your choice. Today, my guest on the podcast is Victoria Radford. Victoria is the founder of Radford Studio, a beauty studio in the heart of Yorkville in Toronto. She also has her own brand of skincare and makeup. Victoria has been working in the beauty industry as a makeup artist for almost 20 years, and she's known for having been Fergie's makeup artist on tour. And I feel like the pendulum is going to swing the other way, away from the glossy, and people are going to be starved for something real. At least that's what I hope. I mean, those are my people. If you still like the glossy fakeness, this is probably not the company for you. You'll notice at the end of the interview that Victoria mentions she has not yet found love. Well, we can check that goal off her list because she has, since the interview, met the man of her dreams. And I'm happy to report that they just got engaged this past weekend. We're wishing Victoria and Matt a lifetime of happiness. Also, for full disclosure, you may know that I am a consultant who does brand strategy, marketing, and PR. I want to let you know that Victoria and her brand Radford are one of my clients. Enjoy the show. So I want to talk about young, <laughs> young Victoria. Back to the beginning. <laughs> and growing up, uh, who was Victoria? What was it like? I figured out at about age five that I could sell things for money. And wow. it's funny because I, I hear that a lot with entrepreneurs, so I feel like I come by it pretty honestly. It's I have a fascination of that trade of service or goods for money. <laughs> and it's <laughs> nothing uh, wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I'm very happy that I was able to pair it with something that I had a great passion for. Uh, probably when I was in grade six, I convinced my mother and father to take me and get me some real makeup and skincare. And I went to a boarding school when I was in grade seven, and I would do facials and makeup in the common room and charge $20 to get your facial and your makeup done. And then you could go to the prom or the father-daughter dance. And I thought that that was a great way to make some extra money, but I never thought that that was going to be like ultimately my career. Mm, I love that. But you knew that you had an interest in, you know, in makeup, in, in, in skin. How, how did that come about? Where, where do you think got the inspiration, even just knowing that that job existed? I didn't know that that job existed. And I had an idea that um, it was not... I wanted to do something that had a really positive impact on the world. I was really fascinated by Mother Teresa when I was mm. really young. And I remember hearing a story of her being 14 and passing through Calcutta. And she got off the train on the way to her monastery. 
and she had she saw someone in need of some aid and she got down and he apparently died in her arms and when the train was beginning to leave again she said I can't leave I need to stay and help these people and she opened up uh, the Center for the Sick and the Dead. And I probably heard that story when I was 17, and I thought, I am way behind. I need to quit school and move to Calcutta, and I need to do something that will really help the earth. And um, so I never really thought that I was going to be a makeup artist, and I guess I didn't at that time make the connection that that could actually really help people. Mm. Uh, not in the same way. I'm not trying to suggest that <laughs> it's, you know. From makeup to helping to stick in the dead. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> Follow along with me here. But it's it was a process of figuring out how I could create a positive impact, um, but then also do what I love to do, mm-hmm. and that is making art on people's face mm, and 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 healing people's skin I'm also equally fascinated if not more uh, at how you can improve like the cellular structure on someone's face and have them have glowing skin even if they are broken out in acne or if they're concerned about um, wrinkles or premature aging or sunspots the way that you can actually improve that with the right products and the right treatments Mm. would you say your mom had an influence on how you viewed beauty and skin and uh, the whole process of beautification and using makeup yes my mom uh, started a company called colors back in the 80s and it's funny because I always Mm. forget this (laughs) but uh, she was a part of three other women and uh, the concept for colors was how to figure out what color palette worked best with your coloring and you would go in and they would drape it was so luxurious in the 80s I I remember reading about that actually it's oh when I and it's funny too because when I remember this and talk about it people some people freak out yeah uh, so you, they would drape different fabrics on you and then lo and behold you are a winter and then you would be able to buy a little wallet of what winter colors are and know what kind of colors you should be wearing for your makeup and for your clothing in order to enhance your natural beauty the most and of course my entire career I did not make any connection to the fact that that is what I grew up with hmm until I was having dinner with my mother over a bottle of wine one night, and I started giving her my concept for my makeup line. And just to see the light in her face, she was like, it's very similar to colors and in a different kind of way, but it's true. Like it really was, it has to have been one of my biggest inspirations. And I can remember playing with those little color palettes when I was all of you know five or six mm. years old. So that was definitely an inspiration for you. It had to have been. Um, in addition to Mother Teresa, who was <laughs> who we could say was you know an, an idol or role mm-hmm. model. Yeah. Were there women um, who you would say uh, give you uh, give you inspiration or give you the idea to go in the beauty industry? Oh my God, yes. Well, my grandmother, who is also just the most lovely person I'd, I had the privilege of meeting, but also being related to, she also worked at Colors, so she had her own like um, section of the company. Actually, my entire family, my uncle, everyone had like a Colors, their hand in the Colors pot. And she was the one that really inspired me to whatever I chose 
to do in my career that it gave back to the world. And basically we're here for such a fleeting time, but if there's something that you can leave the world better than how you found it, then that was really important to me. But then meeting all of these fearless women, like I get really inspired by women like Coco Chanel, who not only was such a uh, an inspiration of style for herself but she did something different and that's why people remember her in my mm-hmm. opinion mm-hmm. and so I f- once I figured out that I wanted to do something in makeup I realized that I needed to do something different that was kind of my mm. um, thing that and those are the types of women that have really inspired me and specifically in you know knowing you wanted to do beauty makeup mm-hmm. was there a role model in that industry somebody you looked you looked up to at that point or did that come later yes it i know i definitely got inspired by aveda uh when i was in grade nine i stumbled into a hair salon and they had this kind of like the history of aveda book that mm-hmm. i became quite fascinated with and i read it until the book fell apart and it had a lot of uh, his background of why he created his products and the connection to Ayurvedic healing. Right. And I, I decided at that point that my mission in life was to create the next Aveda. Hmm. Um, it's very different now that Estee Lauder owns it. Right. But back right. in the day when, when Horst uh, created it originally, he actually had women in Africa uh, crushing different I remember that. beans into yeah. lipstick. Yeah. And I'm sure the margins weren't very good on something like that. <laughs> but sure. uh, And it had a whole sustainable oh, mission yes. behind it. Yes. Um, and it was really about wellness and it was even a spiritual angle to it. Very much it so. It was quite different when it came out on the market. It was very different and I was obsessed. Mm. Uh, my nickname in high school was the Aveda Queen because I would oh, save wow. up every penny <laughs> that I had in order to buy it and uh, definitely noticed a big difference when Estee Lauder bought it almost immediately. Right, yeah, the brand, the brand mm. changed quite a bit. Yeah. So we'll fast forward a little bit because I know that you truly got your first big break when uh, you were hired to become uh, Fergie's makeup artist yes. going on the road with her. Yes. So I want to hear about how that happened, how you landed such an amazing gig yeah it's a great story actually and it's funny too when people think about like your first big break um, because at that point I had owned my own makeup college uh, for about seven or eight years Wow Uh, so it's not like I was kind of like working at Holtz and someone saw me and picked me up and decided that that's where Mm. I was gonna be. You had a business already. I did did work at Holtz, so I do think it's a great way to start uh, a company like that. That's a, a department store, and it's a great way to meet a lot of different faces, but, Fergie was in a bar and my brother, who is uh, the most amazing human that was ever born, and luckily he happens to be my brother. <laughs> and uh, You share he, some genes. Yes, we do. He, uh, he lives in California and he met her in a bar and he cozied up to her uh, little entourage and started talking about her, her, his sister, the best makeup artist in the world. And also mentioned that I do skin and eyebrows and how well I would travel. 
and lo and behold it was around a time when she was actually looking for someone and so I got a pretty random email and a call from my brother from from like around the corner from outside the bar oh yeah like Vic (laughs) Vic you're gonna work for Fergie and I was like that's great no problem and so I got an email and they asked me to come out and do your makeup and they uh, hired me on the spot and it wow. originally was only supposed to be for about three weeks and it ended up being almost four years. Mm. So it was a really incredible opportunity. I had absolutely no idea what I was getting myself into and I feel so fortunate to have been able to experience the world on tour. Like it's yeah. my gypsy heart yeah. is so fulfilled. Like I feel like you know it's just it's incredible and so you've shared with me that working on you know her makeup day in day out and it's it's quite a, a rough schedule you know she's got to be on stage every night um you know there, there's different conditions you're in different cities not always in an ideal uh, situation yeah traveling is very hard on the skin obviously definitely and i think that's where you got the idea for a lot of the products that you Absolutely. ended up creating yeah well it was the perfect test grounds Hmm. because it's extreme conditions and as far as I was concerned I had such a great grasp on the best products uh, from any counter because I worked for every single makeup line I had the privilege of working with Laura Mercier herself Bobby Brown herself uh, JLo's makeup artist Scott Barnes Uh, you know I've been a makeup artist for 20 years almost so I was really way back I'm like an original right and um, I had all of the ins and the outs and there were just things that weren't living up to the performance that I required Mm. because of these extreme conditions and so I took a lot of my favorite things and started saying, okay, if this had a little bit more of a comforting uh, quality to it, if that uh, didn't change when uh, the client perspires, if uh, something uh, didn't oxidize so much, like, you know, so I was really able, it was like the best school for testing all these things. I started getting prototypes of things while I was on tour and then was able to test them that way. Mm. That's how I came up with our face cream face. Right, right. And and how is that for you? Like as a, you know, as a young woman, uh, I I assume single woman at the time. You um, assume correct. (laughs) (laughs) Traveling, being on the road, you know, for an extended period of time. Like how, and I know you're passionate about your job, but you know, what kind of work-life balance you have in such a situation? Oh my God, Uh, none. And I loved it too much. Mm. Like, I definitely understand the concept of a workaholic. Right. I never wanted it to end. I knew it was going to. I knew that it wasn't. And I also knew that for ultimately my career, it wasn't actually good for it to go on forever um, because I could turn around and, you know, it'd be basically the, the iron gets hot when you're an entrepreneur at some yeah. point and you have to actually execute on that hot iron. Right. And the iron can run cold while you're still traveling the world and gallivanting like I was. Mm, um, that makes so sense. I feel like it ended uh, at the exact right time. And the minute it did, I knew that it was time to start the next phase of my career and I needed to do it as fast as possible. And everything takes way longer than you need it to and right. you want it to. Hmm. So, yeah, it was, it was very interesting. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I'm definitely born to live a life of 
being in many, many different countries and experiencing all that life has to offer. Mm, that, that's great, and I know that to be true because I know, <laughs> yeah. I know you a little bit. Yes, we've, um, we've had the privilege of traveling a little bit together. Have, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as a young woman trying, well, working in a very competitive industry, so the beauty industry, especially if you're known as a celebrity makeup artist, uh, very competitive, a small few make it to the top, a small few can have access to uh, big name clients. Um, you know, how is that? What kind of challenges did you face in that context? It's so interesting to me how often I'm asked this question. And it's not just in the context of being a makeup artist and it's competitive, but also apparently the saturated world of makeup products. Like, I literally never thought about that for a moment. Mm. I think that if you try and compete you almost your brain works too linear like you're running like a yeah. like a linear race right and in my mind i'm trying to invent something and who knows if it's going to work or not uh to the level that i have in my mind but all i know is that i want to create something new and different and uh it's not competing with anything because I don't believe in competition. Right. You will definitely lose, in my humble opinion, if you are trying to compete. Well, it's almost like I, I often think of that analogy. If you're driving and just looking in a rearview right. mirror to see if somebody's about to pass you, yes. I mean, you're not looking ahead. You're not yeah. you know, focusing on what's coming up and, yeah. and seeing the big picture. Yeah. I remember being a kid and hearing all these different analogies of like, you know, uh, that the the all the time analogies and it's so crazy as you get older that you really do realize like there's such a limited amount of time mm. and you only have a limited amount of energy and if you spare even one iota doing that comparing yourself to other people yeah, yeah. looking at I, I try and not follow people that I do think that are in my same genre on Instagram um, I want to be supportive of people, so I I try and be supportive. But I I you it's are very really supportive. yeah. But I really do want to focus on what I'm doing without even really checking just, out yeah, and other just wasting people. time yeah. comparing yourself to yes, others. and and yeah. it will go and it will be taken away from the building process mm, for mm. myself. Um, did you find, so you had, you know, you worked with Fergie for a couple of years, yeah. you came back knowing you wanted to, or you were going to open your own place, start your own brand. <laughs> that it was not the plan. <laughs> so that just happened. I mean, chance. it definitely didn't happen by chance. I am a little bit of a flower child. And so I kind of do what feels right and, and, and choose to accept what is happening. Yeah. Uh, so my plan when I came home from touring was to create a makeup line that would be able to be sold online, uh, but that also you could go online and essentially have this workshop of discovering who you are authentically and how makeup, hair, and, and fashion can be an opportunity for authentic self-expression. And I know that that mm -hmm. almost like it's an overused term, but like, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. How do I even try that? And what ultimately is the outcome? So that was my plan. So then I came home, I found a really great little house on Hazelton Avenue in Toronto, which is the most adorable and I remember house. That house. Yes, <laughs> yes you do, that's where we first met. And I got some bright-eyed, lovely uh, new makeup artists mm. that I thought would it would be. I remember thinking, oh, it'll be so fun. We had a rooftop in the back. I said, 
we could wa- read magazines and suntan while we're planning, and we never did that. It was it basically was busy from the very beginning. Oh, that's great. But well, you know, it's it comes with its own set of. I I I never planned to have. Uh, uh, such a large brick and mortar. Right, right. Uh, my plan was actually to keep that house, have a few employees, and then open up in Los Angeles with the same size of space. Mm. Well, it only took about a year or two before um, you know we were getting in trouble for having such a huge operation on a residential street. Yeah, and being in a, in a small space to yep. realize that. Yeah, and uh, so my landlord at the time, uh, who was such a very very nice guy it really is important that people understand if you are owning your own business you can't do it alone every successful entrepreneur has a story of how someone at some point helped them Help them yeah and exactly. my landlord uh, Ian Wookie he helped me he really did in the beginning he was uh, really supportive and he's also an entrepreneur and so he actually, his family owns half of uh, the Vidal Sassoon company in Toronto. Oh, yeah. And so he called me up one day and he said, Vic, I've got a great idea. Uh, you know, the old Vidal Sassoon is empty and you could be in there in a week. And I, I went, I got the key and I went over and it was all, it was basically just all, all the equipment was already there and yeah, everything. Yeah, turnkey, like ready to go. It wasn't uh, our ultimate like dream place. Like it wasn't totally on brand, but it was the like almost like winning the lottery as far mm. as someone being able to give me a solution. It was turnkey. We moved in. It was only supposed to be for a few months, but we were there for two years. And then we were able to really build out our dream place afterwards, which is where we are now. Mm. And I want to go back because you said, you know, your plan was to build, um, you know, that that brand, that line of makeup that you would sell online. Um, The outcome or the next steps turned out to be a bit different. But when you would share that dream with people, what kind of feedback would you get? Because you're, you know, you're a young Ooh. woman with lofty dreams, you know, trying to create this amazing, and, and it's hard building a brand. And as you know now, because you have your own brand of skincare, makeup, um, it's it, it, it's not as simple as somebody, okay, I'll just create a line of skincare, make it in my kitchen and start selling it. Working with the right suppliers, finding the right packaging uh, partners and so on is a big deal. That's why there's so, uh, you know, it's a, num- a small number of large companies that kind of run, you know, the industry and the beauty and skincare world what was the feedback like did people try to stop you did uh, they tell you were crazy no because they literally didn't in in retrospect they uh, just glazed looks um, laughter lots of laughter Um, (laughs) (laughs) and then I would laugh and then they would laugh and we would all laugh so I decided after I did my first run of production that I needed to figure out where Tom Ford made his makeup because my, my stuff was just not looking as good as it needed to look and I wanted it to look like Tom Ford created the next Aveda. And so I flew to Italy to a convention to meet with all of the manufacturers and it was actually extremely expensive and extremely hard to get in to this particular trade show. And I walked in and it looked like a a football field of big white um, pavilions and all of the names on the sides of the pavilions, like let's just say there was no Tom Ford makeup. Like it was all words that I had never recognized. 
And I walked up, and this is a key. If you want to do something and things start to get really hard, it means you're close. It means you're That's in the really right good place. And I know that to be very yes, true. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I walked up to a super bitchy Italian girl that was kind of manning the post of one of the, the pavilions. And I threw my arms up in the air. I said, hello, my name is Victoria Radford, and I am making my own makeup line, which was probably the worst thing I could possibly say. I was very excited to be there, and I knew I was in the right place. And to that, she kind of, uh, like, I mean, just told me to go away. Like, she was like, yeah, that's very nice and all, but this is, uh, we don't know what you're talking about, and this is not for you. And so I knew. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness, I have made it. So I was kind of prancing that, But that's also down. how you know you're a, a yes. true entrepreneur. Okay. You're <laughs> getting the door, excited. The door is being shut in your face, <laughs> and you see that as, like, challenge accepted. I'm just yeah. going to power through and, and make this happen because you're telling me it can be done. Yeah. Well, and also... Not, not, you know, no, somebody else would not have had that reaction. Right. I mean, I'd, I, at that point, I had already been manufacturing a few things and all of the manufacturers were very excited to see me. And that was a clue that I was not in the right place to make the next Aveda Tom Ford hybrid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I pranced up and down the hallway and one of uh, the owners of one of these companies had actually just taken... Uh, the company over from his parents and he was kind of a younger 45 year old guy and he came up to me and was like who are you like and I introduced myself hello I'm Victoria Radford and I am making my own makeup line and he thought it was hilarious and was like would you like an appointment and I thought yes an appointment oh is so, that how it works yeah exactly <laughs> like you have to know the verbiage yeah and so i yeah, had you, my, you learn on a spot like totally. you basically just went for it and you just not with in all your naivete you just knocked on the door and made it happen yeah totally so i had my appointment Which is the best way to do it it's well it's the only way i know mm -hmm. how to do it i had my appointment and then i went straight to the next pavilion and i walked up i said hi i'd like an appointment and they're like okay we have an availability at four and i was like ah yeah so yeah, it's definitely that 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 trip to Italy changed my life. Mm. Uh, it, I'm not gonna say that things got easier after, but at least I knew where I needed to be and began the journey of how I get the the big guys to take me seriously because they didn't. It took me three years of going back to Italy before I met the right people that actually took me seriously. And that's really interesting. And and what we're talking about is really the start of you building your own line and brand of skincare and makeup. Yeah. Um, you work in an industry that's often seen as superficial because mm -hmm. it deals with beauty. It, it deals with, you know, uh, the, the, the uh, making people look pretty. Um, you know, you were this young woman, again, knocking on the door of these major corporations who have all the big players in the in the beauty industry as clients. And, you, you know, you do say it was hard for them to take you seriously. Mm -hmm. Did you did you feel that people would look at you and just see the superficial Victoria and not really believe in, you know, the savvy entrepreneur and the business mind behind just a pretty frame of, you know, the young girl wanted to succeed in, in the industry? It's interesting because I didn't ever and still don't ever stop to consider how people saw me. I was really focused on where I was going to go and I'm sure they did. I mean, recently I had a big crush on this guy and he's like a little bit of a hippie and 
he was like, oh, I could never date a makeup artist. And I thought that was so interesting <laughs> because, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't what think of myself. Yeah, yeah exactly. but, but yes, I guess that would be mm. something that he saw. But it's interesting what you say. And it makes me think I was reading uh, a quote uh, somewhere recently. Like it's uh, it's based on a, on a story. I think it's... Um, it, it was uh, translated from Russian, and it's about a fable. So it's about frogs climbing up uh, this this very high tower, and uh, all of the small frogs trying to make it, and everybody down below saying, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. Look at those ridiculous frogs trying to climb the ladder, mm-hmm. the, the tower. And then, of course, all the frogs start sliding down, and there's only one that actually makes it to the top. And then everybody stops, and the public's in admiration. How did you succeed? What, what, you know, how, what made you go further than the other guys? You didn't fall down. And basically, the frog was deaf. <laughs> so the frog could not hear that everybody yes. was hoping for them to fail. Yes. And I feel like that's very yes. much yes. your approach. Yes. Uh, almost like you just go for it. You yeah. don't look behind. You yeah. don't. Um, you ask yourself some questions, yeah. but you don't waste time considering well, what could be, you know, a risk or it doesn't even occur to me. Reaction. My little sister is doing her PhD in like gender studies, and she interviewed me once. And the first question was like, "How did you do it as a woman?" And I was, and I, it was the first time I even thought about that. Right, Apparently, right. that's more, and it's true. In Italy, I'm I was pretty much the only girl, definitely mm-hmm. the only girl under fifty. But it, it never occurred to me. I never thought about it. I, so it, it didn't stop you because you had no preconceived idea. No, I was idea. definitely yeah. deaf and still am. Like, I, I don't really, yeah, I don't really get how that's going to help me move for, forward. Mm. So I just don't stop to consider it. Well, I, in your case, I think it's one of your biggest qualities. It has to be, <laughs> I guess. It's, it's like working for you mild so insanity. <laughs> Well, I think when you're an entrepreneur, that's really yeah. part of the uh, recipe for success. I, I, I guess so. It's great. <laughs> um, I want to switch gears a little yeah. bit. So you obviously work in, in beauty, and we'll come back to you know the mission for the Radford brand. But wh- what's your definition of beauty? My definition of beauty is somebody who understands how to uh, express themselves from a very real place. And I feel like the word authenticity is overused and it's one of those words that people start to glaze over when they hear it. It sounds very like uh, airy fairy to some people, but it's just simple. It's just self-expression. So it's about, and I know that your whole philosophy at Radford is you're not, you know, you're never going to do makeup or create products that are meant to change someone completely. Never. You focus on enhancing beauty and bringing out what's already there. Yes. And then obviously, because I'm obsessed with skin, that's really the real focus. And it's interesting, too, because when I owned my makeup school, I was in college, the first thing I would teach was all about skin. Because if you can get the skin perfect, it doesn't really matter what else you do. Like, the person's going to look good. And quite the opposite, if you get the skin wrong, you could be the best eye makeup person in the world. They're going to look off. Mm, So skin is always number one. Mm. And I'm interested in the relationship relation between beauty and confidence. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, and and as as a woman, I know this, um, there's not, you know, there's a reason we all do our makeup or get our makeup done before a big night, before an event, before, you know, appearing on TV. Yeah. um, And and you see that day in and day out with women sitting in your chair. 
um, and feeling transformed mm -hmm. after they've had a beauty session. But how do we, you know, how do we balance out, you know, that feeling confidence that you get after you've had, you know, your makeup done and you look beautiful, but making sure that your confidence comes from within and it's not related to something just as, you know, as superficial as uh, the makeup on your face or the, the clothes you wear? I think that energy and intention are the most important things. Mm, if so your true. intention is to cover up something that you feel bad about, it won't make you feel more confident. Right. If your intention is to have self-care, self-love, give yourself something you need, get your makeup done before you're on television, the where you do it from will shine through every single time. Mm, I think that, uh, and that that's where you get the confidence true. from. Mm. Um, and I think in, in, in 2018, it's, you know, there is such a thing as um, we are so obsessed with our image. It's all over social media and social media is very much about the way somebody looks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a little bit of room for, you know, self-expression and kind of deeper, uh, you know, kind of a, a more intellectual level of conversation, but it's very much about appearances. Oh, social media. And how do we navigate, you know, that fine line, uh, also with the question of body positivity? Because I see so much, I think we've come a long way and I love um, seeing influencers who are really making it their mission in life to promote, you know, positive body image. Yeah, um, me too. I, I, I think we're starting to see a difference. But how, how do you see that evolving and changing over the next couple of years? I think that there's a lot of perfection fatigue. I know that I feel mm, it. That's so I, true. I just, you know, it starts to all just gloss over itself. And then when you get a peek at something just it just has a different feeling to you. Like there's something kind of like vulnerable about it. Right. I think that we've really, as humans, the whole point of happiness is learning how to be honest yourself and vulnerable. And social media has promoted the exact opposite right. intention. Mm. But you can see it because there's so much white noise of glossy perfection face tune when you see that vulnerability and that authenticity it catches your eye and i feel like the pendulum is going to swing the other way away from the glossy and people are going to be starved for something real at least that's what i hope i mean those are my people if you still like the glossy fakeness this is probably not the company for you so it's all good you just got to find your tribe <laughs> well and i think the world is moving away from just that you know superficial glossy yeah like people are there's there's been a shift it's like when advertising was first invented exactly and Perfect you know example. in in yeah. the 60s everyone would believe whatever was yeah. you know whatever you see in an ad on tv and then eventually people realize that you know there, there's marketers in a room trying to make you buy something yeah and you have to be smarter than that yeah so i think we're we're seeing that shift yes that's a, that's a perfect example of what's happening right now mm. it's exactly that so people are hopefully getting hip to the game open your eyes people <laughs> and some people refer to you as an influencer do they you do have you know a strong uh following on social media you also by virtue of being uh, very good at what you do you are uh, seen as an expert for makeup skincare you appear on tv you're, you're on the social quite yeah. often um how you know what's your 
do, do you feel that you are an influencer that you have and and you know yeah. and my next question was gonna be what's your definition of an influencer oh I, and know, I was watching a yeah. video recently with someone saying you know what are you influencing like it's, it's, it's what's you know we say we're under the influence when we've been drinking or yeah. if we've been you know uh, taking drugs yeah and what you know what's this influence that yeah. we're talking about and I think that that word obviously has been overused and now it's taken on a, a whole new definition yeah I find the whole concept of like celebrity and influence just very interesting it's almost like to me the emperor has no clothes mm, like so I, I've, I've used that it doesn't ha- exist <laughs> like it's just like this hype machine that i mean I, this could be a whole podcast all on its own yes like, and, it's and, so fascinating and to maybe me it, will be. it should be tell me if you want to hear it i come from a place where if you're if you're a makeup artist that is legit doing things that uh, are on a whole other level, you don't need to brag about it. Right. And, uh, like, that's... Okay, so that's how it started. So I don't mean to knock it, because obviously I have it now, because I started learning that, uh, especially the, the reason I got Instagram was when I started getting employees, because I thought it would be a good uh, way to showcase the studio's work. Right. And yeah. I, I could, I could stomach that. Uh. I had a hard time stomaching the idea that I was going to have this like kind of self-glorification mm. um, at the age of 35. And uh, there was just something that felt like it wasn't really my scene. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and I've tried a, diff- a few different like iterations of my Instagram. Like, only promoting other people, uh, doing photo shoots of myself, but trying to make them authentic, not just like me and my outfit of the day. Mm. Like, And it's been an interesting journey. I definitely still, excuse me, do not feel comfortable with Instagram at all. <laughs> uh, at all. And that being said, everyone start following at Victoria Radford <laughs> or at Studio Radford. Radford yeah. Studio Radford. I'm, I, I try and give like real information. Yeah. Uh, every time I, I do a post, I'm trying to make it be about something so mm-hmm. that when you watch it, you There's interesting, relevant content. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you're learning something. Totally. And it's true. And I very much enjoy watching your makeup tutorials or your skincare tutorials. I love doing those. Because I always take something. And you do them differently. Than, than other people too it's like it's really meant I mean I think someone like me is your, your target audience yes definitely um, you know uh, I'm busy I don't want to spend three hours doing makeup or yep. I don't want to I don't want to have 56 beauty products on my shelf that yep. I have to use on a daily basis I want to keep it simple and that's how you approach it too yes your daily essentials and looking and feeling like your very best mm. but it should be something that uh, like putting on your favorite outfit. Yeah. It just feels like you. Like uniform almost. Yeah, like Easy exactly. breezy. You know that the black pants, you know, yeah. white shirt is going to work for you. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you don't need to change it up that much. Exactly. And the products are, you know, they work every time. They're, they're high performance, yes. quality products. And, and actually, I wanted to bring up... Um, because you said at the start of the interview when you know your dream and when you were thinking about what you wanted to do you really wanted to have that positive impact on the world yes. and on people's lives so how does that play into the brand that you've built and the, the products that you've developed oh well it's still under development because I'm still the flower child that kind of moves forward with what feels right at the time but I really 
so I love food. <laughs> Stay with me. <laughs> and I love The Chef's Table because uh, it's a documentary series mm-hmm. that really goes uh, deep oh, yeah. into... Oh, it's a fantastic show. Oh, it's and like my passion. heart it's, it's, I've, I've, I don't cry often during no. movies or TV. I've cried so many yes. times I watching and those episodes. And it's not even sad. No, it's, it's a just, passion. Oh, it, it's it moves so me inspiring. so much. Yes. Exactly. So I started drawing all these comparisons to the similarities of food and makeup and the idea that you could go to a three Michelin star restaurant. It doesn't have to be Michelin star, but you know, that's what the show's about. Right. And you could actually become transformed by a meal. Mm. And at the end of the meal, it's been consumed and your experience is over, but your paradigm shift is forever. And it's very similar to getting your makeup done. You come in, I do your makeup. The experience can be transformative. And at the end of the evening, you wash your face, but you can continue to, you can have that shift that will last forever. Mm. And so because of this, I got my pen and paper out and I started writing furiously. I was like, okay, there's something here I need to learn. This is because that's how you invent something, right? You you invent it first for yourself. And there was a Norwegian chef at some point and he very nonchalantly said, uh, the best thing I ever learned in Paris was the dish will never be better than the ingredients. <laughs> and I started bawling. Yeah. And I never cried. I mean, yeah. like, what, why would I cry at that? Yeah, yeah. But and that quote was, meant something. It was so something deep for in you. my heart that I knew was what I already believed that I felt like this is now my mission to have people understand that they will never be better than who they already are. And if you can somehow learn how to tap into Mm. who you are authentically, you will be just so impossibly uh, magnanimous Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. people will walk into a room and their eyes will just be drawn to you because it's just so alluring Mm. to have that in place for yourself. Yeah, yeah. But that's also about finding who you really are and your sole purpose and not soul s-o-l-e soul s-o-u-l your sole purpose in life and being who you are meant to be and maximizing your potential yes so that's very much your it's your philosophy and beauty but it's also who you are as an entrepreneur yes and as a person Mm -hmm. (laughs) absolutely so if you had to give uh, young women who want to make a career in the beauty industry or be a celebrity makeup artist or build a brand of skincare and makeup products what would you tell them just do it. <laughs> Nike said it best. Just do it. You're going to screw it all up. And the more you screw up, the better. Because you are doing it if you feel like you're doing things that are really... Like, strong and wrong is my motto in life. Mm-hmm. I learned that, actually, in acting school when I was, like, 17. And my incredible director, I was in I was in uh, the Stratford Festival. And our director said, ladies strong and wrong if you make a mistake I really want to see it and I thought that was so fabulous because it kind of gave me the permission to Mm -hmm. just kind of go for it Mm -hmm. and then through my life that was like my my life but I would come out in outfits and my roommates would be like strong and wrong let's go (laughs) so So it it applied to a lot of everything literally everything what's the biggest mistake you've made in business oh you know what um I really um, I really love people and I get very optimistic about my relationships, you know, through my life, I, I have created really wonderful friendships and relationships with 
many, many people from all different walks of life. And I very naively thought that all of my employees would just be my best friends forevermore. <laughs> and we and laughing. I really did. I really thought yeah. that anyone that came and worked for me, we would just like, you know, share uh, all of our hopes and dreams with each other. And I don't believe in competition, so it doesn't matter if you see where all our manufacturers are. And I still don't technically believe that it really matters because, you know, unless you are me, I could give you all the keys to the castle. You yeah. can't really, whatever. But what I was, my biggest mistake is opening all of that up. Yeah. And it's Too just, much trust. Yeah, but it also just, like, it actually breeds, um, like, the wrong types of relationships. Right, right. Uh, I blurred that line um, to the point where uh, I was a big part of the reason why a few of my relationships in the beginning of my, uh, you know, business when I went to that next level and got um, employees, why I... Uh, do not have relationships with them anymore and it's very sad because it's very hard for someone like me to uh, accept the fact that there are people in the world now that think that I'm bad that hate me hmm. and that's really hard to swallow but uh, but again as a business owner it's something you have to you know you have to yeah, because I don't think I, it, I anyone so. can become immune to that, but it's you'll. I thought you know, I was. Yeah, I really did, and, and then that you realize that some mistake. relationships are gonna, you know, fall apart for for different reasons. Yeah, and sure. The business context makes it even more challenging. It it does, and I think that um, I did not understand how to be a a good um, manager. Mm. I thought that I could just keep on being myself, and my personality does not translate into excellent manager. But you learn from that lesson, obviously. I did. I did, yes. It's still a lesson that I need to continue learning from to create boundaries. Um, I've never really been that type of a person. Like, you know, if you want to borrow a dress or sleep in my bed, like, it's, you know, I I just love that. I love it. It's like, it's the whole point to life. No, and, and you're have a generous all the person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, um, no, it has, it has, there have, I have been inappropriate with certain things and it's a lesson that I probably will continue to learn as my company grows. If you could go back and change one thing in your life, what would it be? Oh God. Um, when I was younger, um, I would quit things uh, very, very easily. In mm -hmm. fact, it became something that um, I got really good at getting out of things right. was what I was really good at. Hmm. And that's so I interesting. Would, yes. I'm, I think that it, uh, also is like, you know, how, what's the fastest way to complete something? What's the fastest and the easiest way to complete something? That was like my motto. And, but that, that's also a sign of intelligence. Because it's it's when it's when you learn that there's a simpler way and a faster way where you're gonna you know save some of your energy or maximize your your you know productivity. Yeah, it's you can a, look at that way too. It's a, yes, definitely. There are many different ways to look at uh, different character traits. Like ultimately, obviously, I'm I've made up uh, who I am by the experience that I've had. However, uh, when I tell you like the level at which I got away with things. Mm. Um, that now it's very, very hard for me. I, I have to put more effort forward in order to be able to 
really complete things, dot all the I's, cross all the T's. And uh, so I would say that if there was one thing I could change, it would have been like paying a little bit more attention to completing some things at a younger age. Hmm. And I feel like I would just have an easier time doing it now, but it's just not a part of my like chemical makeup DNA yeah Yeah. (laughs) um what's a book or a movie that changed your life oh my god all of them uh I love books and I love movies uh so let's pick one that influence or help shape who you are well I feel like we um in this particular conversation are talking a lot about um I've been talking a lot about inventing something Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. when I read zero to one Uh, that's what the book is all about. Um, the guy that wrote it teaches it as a course at Stanford. And so I really had a lot of parallel applications, um, that I felt were what he was trying to get across. And I really, um, that motivated me to continue down this path of being different and not really thinking about competing with other people that I'm trying to invent my own thing. Mm. Um, I also really love Good to Great. Um, it's probably my favorite business book I've ever read. Um, but like countless, countless Mo- movies, television shows, definitely uh, anything documentary style. Uh, I love watching things of how it's made, how they did it, founders uh, on Netflix, abstract, seeing how people are inspired, seeing their journey of how they got inspired inspires me. Uh, so yeah, I could uh, drink that up. I'm so thirsty for it. Hmm. That's yeah, my that's version of school because <laughs> I did not go. I basically am unschooled. <laughs> well, but you learned in different ways. You yeah, found, no, totally. You, you know, you carved yeah. your own path, and you're, you know, thank I, God. <laughs> and, and and I think you're someone who's very committed to you know continuing to learn yes. throughout life. Yes, you, you make it. You know, you you do it at kind of your own pace and through your own method. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now I realize how important it is. And uh, I think the school system just in general is a load of BS, Mm. unfortunately. Definitely from my kind of brain. It does not work. And when I meet friends that have kids that struggle in school, I'm like, don't worry. Teach them how to invent something. That's so interesting. So how how do you feel that the school system was in effect? I I literally feel like had I not gone to school at all, I could have learned more. It was, I I didn't understand anything that they were saying ever. Like, it it was almost like the teachers spoke a completely different language. I had a very, very hard time following along with Mm. things. Uh, I couldn't, I hated sitting in a chair. I felt like I was going to have anxiety attacks, like, all day long. I'm sure I could have been, like diagnosed with something yeah yeah. um and i did feel for a long time that i was very confused because my brother was very gifted and always you know he could was his party trick was how he could spell any word and i couldn't spell any word so (laughs) i i thought and i did make the connection that maybe i'm just a genius in a different way yeah well (laughs) devin's genius is obvious no but i mean it's great that you could kind of figure that out but i think for a lot of kids who are in a similar situation uh what they're told at school is you're just you're no good like yeah. you know and you see all yeah. your all your yeah. all the other kids in school performing and then you don't understand why it doesn't work for you so that can be i've always been overly optimistic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's a part of my brain like i was born with kind of an extra helping 
of confidence, like just naturally. Right. I was, uh, I love, um, I remember when Legally Blonde came out and uh, all my friends were like, Vic, you're Elle Woods. And I, <laughs> I am. I'm like, what, like Harvard? Like, yeah, no problem. I can get in. And I really do believe, like, yeah. if that's really what I wanted to do, yeah, of course I yeah. can get in. Well, and believing it is yes. half, you know, half the battle. I think it's more than half. Yeah, it was the frogs again. Yeah, the, exactly. If no one's telling <laughs> yes. you, you can't do it. Yes. You just make it happen. Yes. So I was definitely born a deaf frog. <laughs> and uh, and it served you well. Yes, it served. I mean, it was very, it was painful, like uh, torturous to go to school. Tor- mm. I was tortured from uh, ages five until OAC, mm. and most of high school I did not attend. <laughs> I figured out a way to move to Portugal and live in Europe for an entire semester. Because and, your dad and Yeah, Portugal. my dad my dad lives in Portugal and uh, did not go, but somehow right. made it, you know, like I f- really did figure out how not to attend. I remember I petitioned um, my last year OAC to not write any exams to my principal and a few of the teachers just thought that was outrageous (laughs) and I actually ended up convincing the principal to allow it. Um, I got some pretty bad marks because of it (laughs) Um, but I didn't do my OAC exams and uh, like you know I was just like trying to that was that was my school was figuring out how not to do the work. Were there any subjects that, you know, made more sense for you? Like, a, you know, yeah, visual arts. Art. <laughs> yeah, that's Art what I and drama say. I right. really enjoyed. Um, and I, you did study drama for a yeah. while. Oh, yeah, definitely. I thought I was going to uh, be a thespian. Um, I found it very... But I wanted to be like Oprah. I thought I would have like a talk show to help <laughs> like people. thespian Oprah. Okay. Yes, okay. yes, exactly. So that was... With a hint of Mother Teresa. Yes, there. well, Oprah has all the hints of Mother Absolutely. Teresa. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, she's the American yes, Mother Teresa. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, that was, that was my first dream. Um, but I definitely... I also really loved English. I think language is very fascinating. Oh, and it, there's also that creative side to it. Obviously. Yes. Yes, but I, I, I like the way that you can, um, you know, there are different ways to explain different theories, mm. and uh, I find that part of English really interesting. Hmm. My mother was actually my high school English drama and art teacher, so it's possible that <laughs> it's possible that the way she taught was a good way for me to learn as well. So the things she said, I guess I understood. Oh, that's so interesting. Yes. And what did she think of you not, you know, completing school oh or God. not mom, going to foreign school? My mom is also a complete hippie. And so... Uh, so she was okay with it. I, she she didn't think for a second that I was at any... There was any problem with me. Hmm. Uh, I was not diagnosed with anything because she never took me to get... Uh, what do you call it when they take you to assess you like should I would yeah. never well and that's how a yeah. lot of kids get diagnosed with ADD yeah. and then yeah. have to take you know medication yeah. for it yeah. and it's a, no, it's a she, cycle she just left me to myself and knew mm. that I would figure it out what's next for Victoria Radford good question uh, now I feel like it's kind of like finally finishing the product line as a complete offering as a package so that 
It's something that really makes sense for people uh, for their daily essentials. And then really being able to teach everyone um, the philosophy behind the products and how to use them to optimize uh, them to their fullest potential so that you can live your fullest potential hmm. and uh, doing more online, having you know more, more videos. YouTube has been an interesting thing for me because I've actually tried to do a few videos, but they just, they seem so rudimentary. So it's something that I really wanted to be able to um, have like my authentic voice and mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. finally we're kind of getting there yeah and um, so yeah for the next the next little while it there'll be a lot more online tutorials so Victoria the influencer is making it come back oh god yeah <laughs> I mean <laughs> and sure. what's next for Victoria the person oh what is there a difference <laughs> <laughs> well so you are obviously committed and fully yeah. invested in in your business totally. and in your entrepreneurial dream totally. i'd love to fall in love i feel like ah, i've never i've never really been in love with another human hmm. person really like not not to what i believe in something i have yet to experience And so you haven't found your soulmate, basically. I guess so. Yeah, th that's definitely yeah. Mm. So I would love to experience that. It looks like it would be really fun. It also looks like it'd be very inconvenient. I was gonna say, is there is there time in your in your life right now? Is there space right now? I, if you, if you I, came across your your soulmate at you know at a, at a, a cafe next door, yeah, I would could like you fit that in. I would like to fit that in. Yeah, okay. I'm into okay. that for sure, and potentially produce an offspring of something. I was gonna too. ask our kids on that. Yeah, horizon. I mean, like who? I, I'm not at not not at the compromise of like being with that person. I don't like. I'm not going out to people where I was like you can freeze your eggs or you can you know you can do that on your own like I'm definitely not interested in doing it on my own mm. I want I would like to do it with a partner and I think that I would like a child it's you know it depends on what month you ask me <laughs> and you know and that's a question uh, you know that's obviously something we talk about with a, with a lot of women yeah and as women of you know pretty much the same age it's a conversation we have among friends quite a bit Um, you know you're you're we we are getting closer to 40 we're yes. not we're not moving and away from 40 and um, is that do you see that as like a challenge an obstacle having kids luckily, you know at 40 or later than 40 luckily I my flower child tendencies fall into all parts of my life I don't technically believe in age mm. um, I think that time is also something that doesn't exist that yeah. only now exists death frank again and uh, and yeah no I think that if I were to meet my soul and mate tomorrow and it was the right thing and we were gonna have a kid I'm sure that we would have a kid but again super naive <laughs> and who knows what would actually happen if that did happen but in my mind I'm the eternal optimist yeah and again I think that you know seeing the dream believing the dream is you know gets you closer to it I, I, I hope so but we'll have to stay tuned But there's a lot of baby Radford coming out with the new skincare line yes. and the makeup line. Yes. So that's super exciting. Yes, my and first offspring. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which, you know, take a few months to uh, to bring to the world. So Years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So they're almost like older kids at yes. this point. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's all super exciting. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Victoria, for joining us on The Female Leads. Thank uh, you for having me. Of course. And I loved everything you had to share. <laughs> and we'll remember that the dish is 
The dish will never, never be. be better than the ingredients. There you go. I love that quote. So get some pure ingredients <laughs> in your life. Amazing. Thank you so much, Victoria. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you like the show, please subscribe to The Female Leads wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Give us a good rating and some feedback. Follow us on Instagram and check out thefemaleads.com. I'll be back next week with a new guest on the show.